0: Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life changing message. Uh, On last week, I talked just a little bit about uh, grace, and I told you grace is such a broad subject, it's so deep, it's so high. That it's it's I can only just scratch the surface about how grace really works and I appreciate the grace of God in your life and in minds also. Uh another time I will do another series on grace, but I, I feel led to go another way on today. Uh what I want to do today, I want to talk just a little bit about uh the doctrine of repentance, the doctrine of repentance. And I want to use for a subject through the pages of the Bible. A call to repentance. That's what I want to talk about today is repentance. Uh, repentance is also, uh, I've been studying through my books the different biblical doctrines, the teachings of the Bible, the doctrines of the Bible. And the doctrine of grace is one of them, the doctrine of repentance is one of them, the doctrine of, doctor, doctor. There's all kinds of doctrines in the Bible filled with, filled with doctrines. And uh, I, I like to teach on some of them from time to time. And so today I'm going to try to just tackle uh the doctrine of repentance. Uh in in other words, uh the call to repentance is the doctrine of repentance. And I'm gonna talk just about a little bit about that today. So I'm just gonna scratch the surface again because it's so deep, it's so high, it's so wide, the only thing that I can do is just scratch the surface. But the Lord God Almighty he is the one that can do it all. And so I'm going to just get into it just a little bit here today. Well, let me let me give you the scriptures that we're going to go over. I have uh just three scriptures and uh let me give them to you. The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the fourth chapter, verse number three. That's Jeremiah, the fourth chapter, verses number three. Then we we'll go to this Old Testament book, another Old Testament book, which is uh, Hosea. Hosea, the tenth chapter, verse number twelve through verse number thirteen. That's Hosea twelve. I mean Hosea ten, twelve to thirteen. I'm gonna get you confused there. Hosea ten, chapter, verse twelve through thirteen. Y'all got that? Okay. Now, uh, I have one in the New Testament, and that's the book of St. Luke, St. Luke 24, 4-6, and 47. Okay, so we're going to take a look at these uh, passages of scriptures right here. Uh, what I want to do is, is uh, talk just a little bit about uh, the call to repentance. We're going to talk about what repentance is and what repentance is not, okay? Uh, Sometimes we get it all mixed up what repentance is and what repentance is not. And I've seen a lot of uh, uh, what people have said or or thought they was calling repentance really was not repentance at all, okay? But through the pages of the Bible and the Scripture, we'll find out just a little bit about on today what true repentance is. And I find that this is a problem with our people in life, uh, all over, church folks everywhere. This is a problem that we're having. People do not understand what true repentance is. But I want you to do un- understand this one thing. God is calling for repentance. He's calling the whole world, man and woman, saved and unsaved. He's calling us to repentance. These are the steps toward God. And without repentance uh there is we'll find out there is no remission of sin, there is no getting or having a relationship with God without repentance I, I talked to a lady at one time, of course we understand repentance repentance is all about asking for forgiveness We'll see. I spoke to a lady at one time or uh, some time ago, and uh she told me that she had a problem with uh apologizing uh. Uh, to anybody about anything well i uh, i I pray for that lady that the Lord will bless her, that she will uh learn better and move from that position. I'm going to talk about a man on today who was a philosopher, he also uh had the same uh ideology about repentance, okay, but I'm going to start by. Uh, just saying, just a little something about repentance. So let's let's look look at this. Let me read just a little bit to you here. Talk to you just a little bit. Okay, the call to repentance. The call to repentance is ring out in a in in resonant tones from the pages of the scripture. I can hear it echoing. I can hear the voices of God echoing through the scripture where the Lord said Himself. In St. Luke 13, chapter, oh, repent, repent uh, ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached repentance and told all his people, the followers, or listeners, to God's people, to repent you, repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, I understand, I know for a fact, generally, people do not want their conscience disturbed. I understand that. I understand that that people just don't want their conscience disturbed. There's a lot in our conscience and people don't want their conscience uh, disturbed. Don't mess with my conscience. Don't mess with my mind. You know, don't remind me of this. Don't remind me of that. So there it is. Generally, people do not want their conscience disturbed. So uh, the message of repentance is seldom preached. Just because we understand and we, we, we heard it, people have said it to us, uh, they don't want their conscience disturbed because they don't like it, so uh, seldomly the, the gospel, the message of repentance is seldom preached. Men don't want to be reminded of their sins. But, brothers and sisters, the only way to God is through repentance. We have to be reminded of our past. We have to be reminded of our present, our action, our thoughts, our doing, our ways. We have to be reminded of that. How in the world can we ever get it right? How in the world can we ever be what God wants us to be if we're not reminded? You know, of our ways, our actions, our thoughts, our attitude, our character. Uh, Some of our characters are are just unacceptable. Uh, But I thank God through the word of God that the, the, the apostles, the followers of Jesus, these teachers are in the scripture. They reminded us of what God and how God wanted us to be. As his people, so seldomly, seldomly the gospel of repentance is preached because uh, pastors nowadays don't want to ruffle the feathers of their uh, parishioners. They don't want to disturb nobody, you know, and get you out of your comfort zone. So they don't want people to walk out on them. They don't want people that pay to stop paying because they're preaching a gospel of repentance. Well, uh, I will be to that pastor, that teacher, whoever he might be, that do not want to preach the gospel of repentance because the people may not want to be reminded of of, of their or disturbed, uh, or, you know, about their conscience or their ways will be to him. But Jesus told us what to preach and how to preach. My job is not to preach a gospel that makes you feel good. My job is not to preach a gospel just to get you to shout on Sunday morning because some of those preachers shouting Sunday morning was cutting up Saturday night. So my my job is not to preach a gospel that will make you feel good, but it's to preach a gospel that will make you think about our ways and our actions, our attitudes, our character. Are we good people? Are we the people that God wants us to be? Okay, and so I understand that, but that, that does not uh, move me uh, that people don't want their conscience disturbed. You know, a uh, 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 man told me this, you, you have to be free. You have to be free, brothers and sisters, to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't have no chain on you. You can't have handcuffs on. A pastor can't come to the pulpit with handcuffs on. Well, I can't talk about this right here because one of my good-paying members might be in this predicament, and I don't want to offend him. I don't want to offend her because she may stop paying, and and, and they pay good money. The pastor can't be handcuffed like that. You must be free to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to whoever it might be in your congregation. Whether they're rich or poor, whether they're black or white, we must preach the gospel to the rich man, to the poor man alike. We can't make a difference because of, of who people are. We have to tell people what the word of the Lord has said and has spoken to us. What is the word of the Lord, O oh man of God? Tell me what He saying. Now, when I tell you what He saying, don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger, and please don't get angry with the Lord. Just accept it and make the adjustments that you need to make, and that will be good for you. So the gospel of repentance uh, is seldomly preached. Okay, because people don't want to be disturbed, amen, in these last and evil days. But one thing I want you to know, whenever, whenever the true repentance is preached and, and, and insisted upon, however, solid results occur. When, when, when true repentance is preached, you can get some solid results. Uh, It it, it accrued just like money accrued. So when repentance is preached and insisted upon that we heed the teaching, we can accrue some good results from people. And one thing I've noticed, I've noticed down through the uh, time and even in my lifetime, uh, those that were saved under uh, the preaching of repentance, people that are saved under such preaching, usually they make robust Christians. Uh, what do you mean? People that are saved under the preaching of repentance, usually they are robust. They are they, they they make strong. They are strong and they are healthy Christians. The ones that aren't saved under the preaching of repentance, all oh, they're weak. Saints they're weak Christian you know they mediocre uh, they just don't get it but the but repentance have to be it should be it must be preached in order to make us what we need to be in these last and evil days so I noticed that that wherever repentance is preached, and is enforced, I mean, it's usually the people that, that are listening to it and are heed to it, they make better Christians, they are healthier, they are stronger Christians, they are robust Christians, the one that heed to the preaching of repentance uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there was a man, I was reading in my research and doing my books on last night, Looking, there was a, a man by the name of John. John Fletcher, a philosopher of the 16th century, and he proudly wrote these words. He said, I never repent of anything yet in my life and, and, and scorn to begin now. So this philosopher John Fletcher in the 16th century said, I, I, I never, I never repented of anything in my life. And I'm scorned. In other words, he said, I refuse right now or I I reject the idea right now of repenting of anything. So there are some people in life that go around living unrepented lives. They just refuse to apologize if they're wrong. They they, they just don't want to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I made a mistake. You know, they they just can't bring themselves to that to that point. But brothers and sisters, I, I feel sorry for this particular man. He was a, a great philosopher in his time, the 16th century. Very educated, very well known, real uh, uh, well, well known. Uh, but to me, he was a foolish man. A man is foolish not to ask for forgiveness of his sin. He said, I never repent of anything yet in my life and, and scorn to be now. So, uh, John Fletcher, I pray, God, I hope your philosophy changed before you uh, died and went home and be with the Lord, because if you go before the Lord with unrepented sin in your life, I have news for you. Heaven will not be your home. Amen. It will not be your home. So sin is something that we all need to repent of. He said, I never repented of anything in in my life, and I'm not going to begin right now. Now, there's only one man that I know who never repented. There's only one man I know that never had the need to repent. And that man was Jesus Christ. When he met the strides and the Pharisees, when they came to him, Jesus told those strides. He told those Pharisees. He said, which of you have convinced me of sin? Just name it. Which one of you all saw me do something wrong? Which one of you can convince me? Which one of you uh, can say that I've done wrong, I've sinned, I've made a mistake? No, not one of them can say anything about Jesus. There was no fault in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the only person, he is the only one that I ever read about, that I ever knew about through the pages of the Bible, who didn't have a need for repentance. Oh, brothers and sisters, Jesus was not like you and I. You and I, we need repentance. Repentance was made for us. Uh, When Adam sinned in the garden and and wife sinned with him, all brothers and sisters from that point on, repentance came into force. And and we all need to ask God for for forgiveness right now. And so uh, Jesus said, which of you convinced me of sin? Not a one. Not a one. So, John Fletcher, you may have never repented of anything in your life and refuse to do so now at that time. Oh, but I pray, I hope you got it right before the Lord called you home. Repentance is a wonderful subject. It's a great subject. It's a great issue. Uh uh, and, and we need to understand what it's all about. If I wrong anybody, I'm a man, one thing the of the Lord said. The reason why David loved, God loved David so much. The Bible said God loved David because he was a man after his own heart. God loved David so much because David was a repentant man. Uh, and he made mistakes in his life and David went to God often and he said, Lord, cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Forgive me, God, clean my heart, search my heart, search my mind. If I've done anything that's wrong, oh, God, forgive me. David was a man that asked God for forgiveness, and I think that's a mighty big man. It don't belittle you. That's a mighty big man that admits his fault. It's a mighty small man that don't want to admit when he or a woman that don't want to admit when he or she is wrong. Brothers and sisters, we bigger than that. Let's let's own up to our faults. Let's 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 admit our shortcomings. That's what forgiveness is all about. So Jesus is the only man that I know that never sinned. Now, we're gonna talk just a little bit today about what repentance is and what repentance is not. What does repentance mean? Okay, what is the definition of repentance? Well, let me give you. Uh, what the definition of repentance really is? Repentance is uh, uh, people get it all mixed up. What does repentance mean? Repentance mean this is the this is the meaning. The word repentance mean uh, to change one's mind. When one changes his mind, always for the better and morally. When one changes his mind, always for the better and morally. It is a change of mind leading to a change of life. That's what repentance is, my brother, a change of mind. When we change our mind about something, it is always for the better and morally. And it, it is a change of mind leading us to a change of life. So just to say, Lord, I repent. Lord, forgive me. Lord, this. Uh, excuse me, brothers and sisters. I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? But if we don't change our mind, if we don't make some uh, some uh, some uh, uh, dramatic changes, then true repentance hasn't take place. Hasn't taken place. So I hear people saying all the time, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." We use that word so 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 loosely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you really mean it? Well, if you really, really mean it, then we need to see the fruits of it. We need to see some results. When you, when you wrong someone and you really, really mean it, uh, that you're sorry, you're, you're, the fruits of that will come forth. Now, the Bible said, uh, John the Baptist, when he met the multitude, he said, oh, you viper, you generational viper, who warned you for to flee from the wrath to come? He said, bring forth fruits and meat for repentance. In other words, if you are really, really sorry about your sin, show me something. Show me something. Bring forth some fruits and some meat for repentance. Change your ways. Change your actions. Let's see a turnaround in your life. And, you know, I think right now all of us, all of God's people, we we really need a turnaround in our life. This is what's wrong with America. America needs a turnaround. America needs repentance. The sound sound of repentance is, is is resounding loudly. It's echoing through the pages of the Bible. What Jesus said, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, let's look into the scripture. Let's read just a little Bible here, if you will. And if you turn to Jeremiah, the fourth chapter. Uh, the call of repentance is is, is is all through the pages of the Bible. The Old Testament and the New. We're going to start right here with just a few. Jeremiah, the fourth chapter, verse number three. The call of repentance. God is talking, uh, directing this to the people here. Check this out in verse number three. For thus said the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. There it is. The call to repentance to the men of Judah and to the men of Jerusalem. God said through the mouth of Jeremiah. He's said to to them, break up your foul ground and sow not among thorns. So this is a call of repentance in the Old Testament through Jeremiah from God to the people of Judah and to the people of Jerusalem where God said, break up your foul ground. Break up that hard ground, that hard to see Fallen ground is the ground that has become so hard, is so dry that you can't plant anything in it. it you can't really. Re, uh, it won't produce fruit. You just can't grow anything because the ground is so hard and it's so dry. It has not been cultivated, and the people of, of God are hard. It has become just like that. People are so hard-hearted now. They don't want God. They're so rebellious now. They just don't want God in their life. And so God is saying through Jeremiah, telling people, break up your folly ground. Don't sow among thorns. Brothers and sisters the word of the Lord to you and I today, break up our folly ground. I thank God for breaking mine. So my heart at one time was all messed up. But I thank God for breaking it up and softening it up and, and getting my heart ready where I can receive. See, everybody can't receive. See from the Lord. You, you got to break up your heart. Your heart got to be broken up. Your mind got to be broken up. And this is what repentance is all about, being broken up and being torn up and then make some changes. We're going to get down into it because there are some people that are broken up and torn up and they didn't make changes. Okay, but well, we're going to talk about what repentance is. And that's what uh, God said to Jeremiah. He said, tell Judah and tell Jeru, break it up. Break it up. And whatever we need to do today, brothers, is break it up. Let's stop it right now. Let's, let's break it up and get our hearts ready. Let's get our minds ready so we can receive the things of God. This is repentance. And God said to Jeremiah, you tell them that. Tell them to break up the father ground. Break it up right now. Turn with me. we moving on just a little bit more. Uh, in the book of Hosea, Hosea had the same message, still in the Old Testament, Hosea 10, Hosea 10 and verse number 12. Now, this is the message to Israel. Israel was known as an empty vine. Oh, my Lord, a vine that didn't have any fruits on it. Oh, this is what God said about Israel. Israel is an empty vine. Oh, my goodness. Look at verse number 12. Come on down right here. Verse 12 says, God said uh, to, to, to the people of Israel through Hosea, he said, sow to yourselves in righteousness. And reap mercy. Break up your follow ground. Break up that hard soil. Yeah, you can't grow anything in that soil because it's too hard. You can't grow no fruits in a hard soil. You got to get it broken up. You got to get it ready so you can plant the seed in the ground. These people walk around on earth with their hearts are so hard. People are so mean. They're so upset. They are so unforgiving they're so mean and so hateful they're so low down but God is still saying through the echoes of the word of God through the scripture he says Tell them, break up your folly ground. And I'm not talking about just sinner. Oh, some of the saints, some of God's people, they just don't understand how hard their heart has become. You have to be careful, brothers and sisters, because things can go on in this world that can harden your heart and make you have a hard heart and you not even know it. So God is saying to Hosea, just like Jeremiah, he says, so to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. Here it is, for it is time to seek the Lord. Brothers, if there ever was a time to see God, is now. If there ever was a time to pray for your children, it's right now. Because corruption is everywhere. They're, they're, they're out, they're, they're, that's their game, that's their they're, they're, that's their goal, is to corrupt you, to corrupt me, to corrupt our children, to conform all of us to unrighteousness. Oh my God. This is it's time now. He said, break up your folly ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon us. And verse number 13 says, he said, you have plowed iniquity. You have reaped You have, you have plowed wickedness and you reap iniquity. Oh yeah, that's what you're going to get. I was at a funeral the other day. Lord knows I've done so many funerals, and what is this? This is we August getting ready to go into October, it's the month of August, the month of July, where I've been going to funerals and funerals and funerals, and and Lord knows almost every weekend I look to have a good time where I can so lax and take it easy, but but uh, something always come up. I I'm called upon to preach a funeral of a loved one or a family member or, or someone going on, and and, and, and in these funerals, I, I people are hurting. Look, people lost a one, and and we're we're going to get down into it. Yeah, they're crying, they're hurting, and they're broken up, they're torn up, but listen to me, brother So that's not repentance, okay? And I want you to understand that we're going to get into it just a little bit here. So God said, you plow wickedness, and you reap iniquity. And so I was letting them know at the funeral that some of these people lost their lives through tragedy. It didn't have to be that way, Uh, but they went down the wrong path. Yes, they were once in church, they once were serving the Lord but they got out of God they went back out into a world of sin and the scripture says right here you plow wickedness and you reap iniquity so you have to be careful people are reaping the results and the consequences of their choices that they made and Hosea said so you plow wickedness and you reap iniquity yeah you can't do that you can't plow with wickedness you because if you do you're going to reap iniquity you have eaten the fruits of Lie because thou did trust in thy way and in the multitude of thy mighty men. So this is what Hosea had to say about repentance. You need to break up your follow ground. There it is, brother. So we need to break up our follow ground. He told them then they need to break it up, and today we need to break it up. In other words, there's a call for repentance. There's a call for repentance. To the church folks, to the unchurched, to the people of the world, there is a call to repentance. Will you answer that call? Can you answer that call? What's stopping you from answering that call? What's hindering you? What's holding you? What, what got you so tied up? What got you so wrapped up and so bound that you cannot answer that call to repentance that the Lord is asking us to answer? Okay, let's go just a little bit further to the New Testament. And then we're going to get on down into something here. I'm not going to be long the Lord said the same. Look at the book of St. Luke. St. Luke in the New Testament, St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Okay, St. Luke, the 24th chapter. And this is this in verse number 46. Now, this is after Jesus rose from the dead, getting ready to go on back to heaven. Now, during his earthly time, uh, uh earthly minister on earth, Jesus went around preaching, repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. That was his message. Well, when you listen to the message today, the message today is not repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I listen to the message today on the radio on the TV because I'm a pastor, I'm a minister, I study. I listen to everybody. I want to know what they're saying. The message today is not repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at his hand. The message today is you can get the big house. The message today, you can get the big car. The message today is you can have all the money. The message today, you can live a wonderful life. That, that, the message today is not repent for the kingdom of God is at their hand the message today is living well right here so Uh, The message today is different from the message of Jesus' day and time. The message that Jeremiah had. The message that Hosea had. They had the message, the call to repentance. And this is what we need today. This is what America needs. This is what's wrong with the people of today. They need to answer that call, the call to repentance. We need to break up our follow ground because it's hard and you can't grow anything in that garden where nothing grows in there that are just not ready. It can't go there because it's not prepared. So our heart is the same way. We can't receive from God because our heart is not ready. And this is the message that God said that John the Baptist was all about. John the Baptist was Jesus' first cousin. Okay? And so Jesus' cousins were preaching the gospel before Jesus came on the scene. John the Baptist went about saying, Amen, there's a man coming after me who mighter than I, whose shoe lashes. I'm not worthy to stoop down and tie up. I- I'm not worthy to lace his shoes up. John went about preaching the gospel of repentance, saying, Jesus is coming. We need to repent. Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John the Baptist preached the same message that Jesus had. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now here Jesus is right here in the book of St. Luke after his resurrection, getting his brethren together because he's getting ready to go back to the fall and looking at verse number 46, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it be who Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And verse number 47 says, And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations began then at Jerusalem. So as Jesus began to get ready to go back to the Father, he got his team together, and He telling them, This is the message that you should have. And that repentance and remission of sin should we preach. Preach to people, men and women, boys and girls, that they need to repent. Preach to them that they need to break up their follow ground. Preach to them and if they heed the preacher. They will make robust Christian. They will be strong and healthy Christian. This is why we're so weak. This is why we so uh, lack of days. this is why we just can't stay get with God and stay with God. We have not yet answered the call to repentance. There it is, my friend. We have not answered the call yet to repent. Oh, brothers, don't you want to be strong? Don't you want to be healthy in God? We need strong brothers and sisters, strong men, strong women. We want our children to be strong because, look, you're going to have to go on some of these jobs. You're going to have to go out into the marketplace, to the supermarket, and, and everything is out there. Amen. People are there. They're out there, and, and, and if you're not strong, if you're not healthy, that these people will draw on you. These people will change your mind. I, I, I was talking to one brother, uh, some time ago, and he would tell me, oh, it was cold then, and spring, spring was coming in. He said, oh, I, I, I dread summertime. I hate to see summer coming. I said, why is that, brother? He said, because, man, these women, they're going to come out these clothes. They're going to have on them short, short, shirt skirts, and they're going to have on these short pants, and they're going to have on these days as dukes. I dread summertime. Well, the gospel of repentance have yet not been answered, because look, if you answer the call to Repent them, and amen. It will produce strong, robust Christians, strong, healthy Christians. Let them get out their clothes. Let them take them off. If you're rooted and grounded in God, brothers and sisters, you're going to be just fine. You don't have to dread, dread anything because the world going to do what the world going to do. I'm not going to close my eyes to what I see out here in these streets, in a supermarket, in a store, because, yeah, you see some of everything. But you, I thank God today that I, I, I heed the call to repent of, and God has produced and made within you and made in myself. We are strong, and we are robust Christians. We are healthy Christians, brothers and sisters. We heed the call and answer that call to repent of. so he said right here to his brother and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in my name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem so this thing's supposed to be preached I know I know people don't want their conscience disturbed but I'm sorry our conscience got to be it must be it, there's a need that your conscience be disturbed you need to be moved you, you just don't need to be comfortable in your situation, especially if you are not right with God. How can you? How can you be comfortable in your mess? And you know what you did? No, no, no. That's not. That's not. That's not what repentance is all about. If you have a mind, if you have a conscience, and I know you do, I have one. God gave all of us a mind. He gave all of us a conscience. And brother, when you do wrong, it's supposed to bother you. It's supposed to bother you to the point that that, that just, you just can't be comfortable. But if you're comfortable in your mess. You have not heed the call to repentance. Don't get comfortable, brothers and sisters, in saying. Don't let the devil make you comfortable in sin. Come on, come on, come on. Answer that call. Answer that call. The phone is ringing. You hear it ringing. Go pick up that phone and answer that call to repentance. And so we can be what God wants to be in these last and even day Strong, robust Christian, healthy Christian, Christian brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. All right, let's go just a little bit further. Now, I told you what, what the scripture said about this call of repentance. I told you what Jeremiah said. I told you what Hosea said. I told you what Jesus said on earth. I told you what he said uh, when he got ready to ascend up into glory to his brethren, what they should do, what they should preach. Okay, we understand what repentance means now. What it means? It means when one changes mind always for the better. And morally, it is a change of mind leading to a change of life. So if you have not changed your mind that leads you to a change of life, you have not answered the call to repentance. Okay. that what This is what America needs. Now, let me tell you what repentance is not. Okay. Can I do that? Let me tell you what repentance is not. Okay. I told you what repentance was. All right. You know what it is, a change of mind for the better that leads to a change of lifestyle. That's what repentance is, contrition, contrition. That's, that's another word used for repentance, contrition. Uh, contrition is a confession and then conversion or a turning to God. Oh, Okay, so we, 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 have, to, we have to experience contrition. That's the C-O-N-T-R-I-T-I-O-N-G. T I O N. I'm sorry. Contrition. C O N T R I T I O N. Contrition. Look that word up for yourself and check it out. Contrition. Contrition goes along with uh, repentance, and it, it, it means confession, conversion, and then turning to God. This is what we are lacking in our life. We'll make conversion. We'll make conversion. Okay. And we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll deal with confession, then we'll deal with conversion, but turn to God, we we go another way. But let me tell you what what repentance is not, okay? Here is what repentance is not, brothers and sisters. Check this out. Repentance is not. Repentance is not a mere presence of tears. You can cry all you want to cry, but that is not repentance. I've seen people cry, cry like a baby, but that is not repentance. Some people have a natural, soft, softness, and tendency of heart. Man, they will cry in a heartbeat, but that is not repentant. They'll stop crying and get up and go do something else wrong. Okay, that is not repentant. It is easy for them to weep. Their liquor grief flows over the least thing. Listen, our... our Tears being shed is not repentant. Somebody said, well, he was crying in the church. He was crying. You can cry in the church and get out and get up and go out and do some of the most foolish, devilish thing you ever want to do. That is not repentant. Um, I, we know what repentance is. I'm telling you what repentance is not. Shedding tears is not repentant. Then then he goes on and says, uh, they weep easily over a, a narrow misery. So you, you. When I went to the funeral, these funerals I attended lately, I see people weeping. I see them crying. One lady just fell on the floor. And you know, and, and she was a big lady, and, and, and you know, and I think they left her down her for a little while too. But look, she was crying. She was weeping. She was hurt. Crying for one over another person, misery, or uh, what happened to another person. But listen, all of those tears that were shed at the funeral that I attended—those, there was no repentance. There was no repentance in those tears. There's a man in the Bible, Esau, the one who sold his birthright. Uh, the Bible said he sold his birthright for for just a, for for somebody said a bowl suit. Okay, and he wept over it, and he weeped over it. And the Bible says he weeped bitterly, but, but he found no place for repentance. So crying and weeping is not necessarily repentance. Repentance, brothers and sisters, is change. We have to change. Lord, help us to change. Always for the better, and morally, it is a change of mind leading to a change of life. So Esau he wept bitterly, and and, and but he found no place for repentance. You know the story, you know it. Okay, now that's what repentance is not. It's not about tears, but never over the people weep, but never over their own sinful condition. Even the story of Christ appeals to them. Uh, even the, the story of jesus christ on the cross being crucified being pierced in the side by the soldier or oh, when people hear the story of the cross amen they they, they can pity it appeals to them uh, and they can have they can feel pity oh oh he suffered blood ran down his face a crown of thorns pressed upon his head oh look at jesus died the bible says he died like no other man died before when you understand the picture of what I Lord and Savior went through for us on the cross, it, it 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 makes your heart just go out, it makes your heart bleed. But look, what a heart bleeding and tears being shed and feeling sorry for how our Lord suffered like no other man, that is not repentance. That is not repentance. Okay, but 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 check this out. But simply because he suffered, that is not repentance. Listen, their tears are not of the repenting kind. Those tears at funerals are not the repentant kind. Yes, they cry because brother got shot. Yes, they cry because sister got hurt. She got stabbed. She got lost her life. We, we So much is happening. These tears that are being shed, these are not repentant kind. These are not repentant kind of tears. So what I'm saying, crying is not repentant. Well, repenting is not what I'm talking about right now. Okay, Father, let's go just a little bit further. I'm show sure you what repentance is not. When people cry, when when they are afflicted, Many people cry. I've seen people cry when they were afflicted. Many of them cry. Lord, have mercy on me. Oh Lord, have mercy on me. I'm afflicted. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Ahab. Ahab, who wife his wife was Jezebel. Y'all know the story. Ahab was a wicked man. His wife was a wicked woman. But but when the prophet of God came to Ahab and prophesied to him what was going to befall him, look, you're going to die. The dogs are going to eat your flesh. Jezebel, you going to die, the, the dogs are going to lick your blood, and all the other wicked folks that aligned it with him, when the prophet told him what was going to happen, Ahab was so sad, he was so upset, the Bible said in 1 Kings 21, 27, that Ahab rent his clothes, he tore his robe off, he just was so sorrowful, and he went away, the Bible, he had worried eyes, White eyes, he was, he was just so upset with the prophecy that came to him about what the Lord was going to do to him because of his wicked ways. He had worried eyes, he cried, he was hurt, brothers and sisters, he was torn, ripped his clothes, amen. But the Bible goes on and says, but his heart was like a flint. His heart, brothers and sisters, was like a flint. He did not have a change of heart. So, I'm telling you, this is not repentance. Cry all you want, reap all you want, but if we don't change our heart, we have not answered the call to repentance. Ahab was in this situation. That is not repentance. Let me tell you something that's what repentance is not. Repentance is not. So, we can have a good notion. Good notions are not repentance. Yeah, you can have a good notion. Sinners can have a good notion. Saints can have a good notion. Anybody can have a good notion, but that's not repentance, okay? John the Baptist got his head cut off by a man who had a good notion. John the Baptist, Harold preached. Harold listened to John the Baptist preach uh, about the Lord, about about adultery, and about the thing that wasn't right. He sat there and heard John the Baptist preaching about it's wrong for you to have your brother Philip Why? Yes, Harold listened to that. And after he heard that message, that was a good thing to do, said, listen at the word. But right after that, Harold got up and had John's head cut off. So, <clears throat> excuse me. He had his head cut off. So, good notion, Good notions is not repentant. Let me tell you something else was not repentant. <clears throat> excuse me. Sodom vows. Tell them that when we make vows around Christmas time, resolutions are likewise substitution are not substitution for repentance. We, we we try to have substitution for repentance. We make all kind of vows around the end of the year. We make a New Year resolution. Well, I vowed I ain't going to drink no more. That's not repentance. I ain't going to do this no more. I ain't going to go there no more. I ain't going to eat this no more. I'm going to cut back. I'm going to change. Uh, that, that's not repentance, brothers and sisters. We make all kinds of promises. In times of adversity, in times of adversity, when you are dealing with adversity, people make all kinds of promises to God. But as quickly they are quickly forgotten as they are made. Oh, you get a, get a man sick, he only the death there. He go, oh, Lord, heal me. Oh, Lord, spare me one more time. If you raise me up, Lord, I'll serve you. Lord, i give you my life. Oh, I, that we make covenant with God. But as soon as the Lord heal we, us, uh, we go away and forget about everything we said to the Lord. Amen. What we said to the Lord is it, it, it quickly forgotten just as quick as we made it. And we walk away living these lies that we made to God. Look, that is not repentance. That is not repentance. But of course we know, brothers and sisters. You know this well. You know this, that true repentance, true repentance of course result in the in the abandonment of all that is Call sin. All that is not like God. That's what true repentance is all about. Abandonment. Abandon that way. Abandon that thing. Abandoned that abandon that situation. Abandon that bad relationship. Abandon it. It's not right. It, it wasn't it wasn't ordained by God. Abandon that relationship. Then that, that, that's what true repentance is all about. Let me tell you, Brother, so I know I know, I know full well that we don't like for our conscience to be there stir but it is important, it's very imperative. Brothers and sisters, that you take a look at this thing. Yo, cause you need to be disturbed. You, I don't want you to be comfortable in your mess. Yo, you need to be disturbed. Excuse me if I'm disturbing you, but it's for the good. It, it, I, I mean it for good. God meant everything for the good. I'm not just out here preaching or teaching something just because I ain't got nothing else to do. You know, I don't have a heaven. I don't have a hell to put you in. And I'm not saying these things because it, it, it's going to do something for for me I'm saying it because the Lord said and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name so God says should be preached you should remind people that they need to give their life to God and if you heed that you will be stronger you will be better a better Christian in Jesus name. now let me tell you something else brother sir. I know one thing in life I know one thing about in life if a bone. It's set wrong, a broken bone. Say you broke your foot, you broke your arm. I've heard this. I've seen people testify about it. It was broken and it wasn't set right. And when it wasn't set right, you know what had to happen? The surgeon must break it again. If your foot, they put the cast on it, but they didn't set the bone right, brothers and sisters, it ain't going to heal right. It's going to grow deformed. So if it wasn't set right, The surgeon, the doctor, has to break it. When we hear that, oh, he had to break it again. Oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds horrible. But there's a good thing. A good thing gonna come from come from being broken again. So what I'm saying to you and I, yeah, yeah, we 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 were broken. Yeah, some they were broken at the funeral. Yeah, they were torn up at the funeral. But listen, the surgeon, you, they need to be broken again. Because the steel is not going to heal well. They're not going to set well. They were broken, but they're still not going to be strong, healthy Christian. They're going to go out and do the same food, devilish thing that they were doing in the beginning. They were broken, but they need to be broke again. So if a bone, if a bone is broken and not set right, it's set wrong, the surgeon must break it again and do what? And set it right. This is the preacher's job today. These bones, yes, bones have been broken. Wounds have been made. But look, I'm here to tell you as a gospel preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ, though you got to be broken one more time and it needs to be set right so it can heal right. One thing I learned in life, our thinking got to be corrected. You can't live right, you can't do right if, if, if your mind ain't right. Some of our minds, it got to be set right. You you Ain't no way you can live right if your mind ain't right. So our mind, our hearts, all this stuff got to be broken again, and it got to be set right. Amen. In order for it to grow right and to be right, repentance, what it is and what it's not. The Lord said, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Real repentance is all about contrition, a turning to God, confession, confession, and then conversion. That's what it's all about, brothers and sisters. We need to turn to God. This is what America needs. We need to turn to God. We need God today. We need repentance. Lord, help us. Father, forgive us, for we have sinned. Brothers and sisters, let's turn back to God. Let's turn to God in a mighty way. This is what America needs. This is what's wrong with America. We need to answer the call of repentance. God bless you until next time. Amen. Let's govern ourselves accordingly. I hope I said something that helped you on today, and I just want to encourage you more and more in the Lord. I want you to be strong and robust, all that God wants you to be. I like to encourage you, brothers and sisters. That at the end of the day, this is what I do. At the end of the day, before I retire for the night, Amen. My prayer is always, Lord, forgive me for what I've done wrong. If I've done anything wrong, Lord, forgive me. Take it out. So, at the end of the day, let's 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 answer that call to repentance. You know, the phone is ringing. It's ringing for somebody right now. Answer that call. Pick it up. Be the bigger person. Answer that call. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Don't go to sleep without getting it straight with God, okay? And wake up the next morning with a fresh start. So God bless you until next time. It's my prayer. Continue to pray for me and the family and can stay with the family of God. God bless you. God love you. And brighter days are ahead. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.